I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and this is an exclusive tips and advice episode on equestrian surfaces. I talked to David Andrews, who's the director of Andrews Bowen Equestrian Surfaces, and he's at the forefront of technology for surfacing. He supplied the London 2012 Olympics, Hickstead Horse of the Year show, and he's a professional show jumper himself. So David explains the difference in surfaces and how they can enhance or affect your horse's performance, and how the breed of your horse can make a difference to what they prefer. This is Horse Hour. How are you, David? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Amy. You're kind enough to give us all the advice and tips on different types of surfaces because I'm a bit of a horsey geek and uh, any technology, I love to know what's best for our horse. And I think one of the things that we sometimes forget about is how surfaces can make such a difference to our horse's performance. Absolutely. That's huge. And we're all singing for the same hymn sheet. And what we want to do is educate riders to understand about surfaces and why we put in surfaces what we do Mm. what different elements of the sports that we're looking at and for competition home use all all sorts of different things and we're wanting to educate also of what it's doing for the horse you know horses are a multi-terrain animal and we are wanting horses to work on different surfaces not always on one and from our research, you know, as many different surfaces you can work a horse on, the better. It's really interesting, I think, when we look at the different markets and the different environments that we train our horses in. You know, yeah. you've got the trail riders over in America that they mm-hmm. they go up and down these steepest hills, whilst over here we're a bit more careful, aren't we? So we're thinking, like, you know, a steep hill could hurt their feet in some way. Well, <laughs> having looked at Paul Nichols's gallop, it's as fairly steep as you'd want to. I certainly needed an oxygen tank getting up it. Um, <laughs> But in in racing world, there are a lot of gradients for training. And as I say, Paul Nichols has a fantastic gallop that has a, they call it the Eiger. It's certainly got a a big climb on it. Dan Skelton has, I think, one of the best uh, gallops in the country. Mm. Uh, And that was designed with Dan and with his father, Nick, of course. And we walked endlessly up and down, picking the correct route so that we were able to get gradients and flat areas as well. That must have taken you forever, because gallops go on for miles. They do. It's actually a very enjoyable experience. We're all horse people. Before I put too much weight on, I uh, competed internationally show jumping. Did I had you? a few rides. Yeah, I had a few rides amateur as a as a jockey. Uh, my wife Julie is still competing at five star level and on nations cups. Uh, wow. And my children are both riding, so we're we're as horsey as you can get. Yeah. And I've been involved in horses all my life, as have all the family, and as has my business partner Simon Bowen. His father, David Bowen, went to the Olympics. So no we're 
Whereas horses, you can get certain. We can't get much more expert than you guys, then, can we, really? <laughs> well, this is how we, we started with surfaces in the first place. Um, I had a mare that was incredibly thin soles, and keeping her sound was an art. If she stood on a stone, that was her off for fortnight. So we were constantly looking at surfaces and how to work her and what to work her on to keep her in the best form. Mm-hmm. So then my involvement with surfaces were, were born out of keeping her sound. We're finding that a lot about innovative products are born out of people that have had issues with their own horses that need to find a solution. Absolutely, so what yeah. was your solution for your mare then that was soft-footed? Well, working on ground that had no stones in for a start, <laughs> but also that had the support. She had big old flat feet and was sometimes getting too much grip on surfaces. So uh, something that was very kind to her mm. Um she was getting on in years as well, so yeah, a kind surface for her that was very forgiving. So you very much select different surfaces for different disciplines. Absolutely. So if yeah. we could start with what you did for the 2012 Olympic for the dressage arena, was it the same for dressage as the show jumping? Because that's in the same ring, isn't it? It was, uh, but tailor-made for each one, and we can manipulate it to suit both disciplines. Um, which is very important um, with doing the Olympics and other five-star events. You have sometimes a dressage event and a show jumping event running concurrently. Mm. So with our maintenance equipment, we are able to sort of cut it a little bit deeper, give a little bit more of a softer feel for the dressage, and then tighten that up again for the show jumping. So what would be your ideal then if we had, you know, unlimited budget? What would be your ideal surface for dressage? Well, you start a whole can of worms there. Dressage (laughs) is... I actually did a talk for the World Dressage Forum um, and I've researched dressage hugely and we've just become actually the official surface supplier to British Dressage. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Our research on it, dressage horses have changed in the past 10 years, 20 years and we're looking at completely different movements and different types than we used to. Mm. We're looking at very big movers now, very blood, very quality, very expressive and different than the strong sort of powerful German warm blood types that we had before. You know, there's a lot more knee action than there was before. But one of the key points is that a dressage horse now slightly puts, it's because they're a lot more uphill than they used to be, Mm. um, the action in trot is slightly more contact with the ground behind first than the front foot rather than together as they used to be. So we've got all that input happening on one limb. So we've got to make sure that the ground is absolutely perfect. The fact that a, a dressage horse doing PFs and passages are putting up to three to five times their body weight down on one limb, it's got to be the right surface. Now, this could be a myth, but I did hear that for dressage, you need a bit more of a springy surface to help them with that lift. Is that true or is that just, you know, rumour? That's somebody who probably doesn't have a very good moving horse that wants it to look better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think all surfaces have got to have that we're looking for energy return if somebody said a springy surface that would be the equivalent of us running over a trampoline mm. and the way that we're built the way that horses built wouldn't be able to absorb that amount of energy return right so the the most amount of energy return you want out of a surface is up to eight percent otherwise it'd be too springy we'd then have problems in the pelvic area and obviously soft tissue damage as well so it's got to be controlled energy return. At the end of the day, we're trying to emulate the best turf that we've ever competed on. Yeah. And turf to an element is springy, as the surfaces are springy, but that is a very controlled amount of spring. Um, I hear some people putting rubber things under surfaces to give it more spring, where that can actually cause more damage than good. What damage can it cause? 
well, too much energy return, which is creating its own problems. Mm. And this is something that we've learned a lot over the years, Amy, is that when I started doing this nearly 20 years ago, we've changed the surfaces a lot in that 20 years. Mm. The surfaces have changed a lot from before we did the London Olympics. You know, the, all the research and things that we've done, we've moved with the times. And they're constantly using our R&D to find the best way for horses to adapt and for what surfaces they want to work on. So what we thought was a good thing at one time, mm. yeah, it, it may have changed a little bit now. Um, so we're wanting a surface to be very kind and forgiving, but also firm enough to support with not too much grip and not slipping either. So it's, mm. it's a very controlled environment. And it's got to be flat as well, hasn't it? Because you see some, you know, you go to some livery yards and the schools are actually, you know, they're curved up the side and, and you just think, oh gosh, that horse could slip quite easily or it could go over on its ankle. Yeah, I'm not too bothered about it being flat. Undulations are okay. Uh, certainly a lot of racing gallops are, do have undulations as long as they're not too severe. Mm. That sounds more of a maintenance issue than anything really when it's up the sides. Um, okay. And you don't want the depth of a surface to get too thin. A, a surface should be compacted depth of five inches minimum. If it gets less than that, it won't hold together the same. And what about, what should be the maximum then? Because I guess you don't want it too deep either, because otherwise they're going to have to work. It's like running in sand, isn't it? Well, that's, that's a very good point. The maximum you would want is six inches. For a race course, we would do a compacted depth of six inches, sometimes six and a half inches. But for a show jumping and dressage, it's a compacted five inch depth, and there's a reason for that, is because if it was any deeper compacted, the, I can't show you the diagram, but as a horse impacts the top of the surface, that impact then displaces over until it hits a hard point mm -hmm. where it won't displace any further. That then, the shock comes back, and that's what gives the horse the energy return. If it's too deep, as we've tried with some of our tests, it ends up feeling dead to the horse, and that's what we don't want. And if it's dead then, does that then, I, I, I can only compare it to human terms, give them like shin splints, where they get pain up their leg? Um, it would make it harder work, certainly. Mm. So they were, because it was harder work and they wouldn't be getting as much zing off it, um, it they would feel it harder, which then can, can lead to different different problems. We had this a similar issue at the London Olympics, where at the test event we were looking to, to dampen a vibration in one of the decks and ended up putting more surface on it to dampen that vibration where it came back that the riders felt it was it was too dead so that was a great lesson to learn and we went back to our original of five inches compacted oh, i see what are your thoughts david on people that school their horses in the field um you, you're better on a well-maintained grass arena than you are on a poorly maintained or weather arena i suppose mm. um things have to be looked at there's, there's no such thing as no maintenance and uh, with our horses at home, we have, we have numerous Grand Prix horses that are competing at the highest level, and they will work sometimes on a grass area, they work sometimes in the all weather, and sometimes they go out around a, a hacking track. Oh, okay. Because I often wondered that, because we see a lot of people that don't necessarily have a school, they want to school their horses, mm. um, but they can't get the planning permission to put in a school, so they put them in the field. And yeah. I, I'm always unsure whether with a field it's not necessarily level. To me, as not really knowing anything about surfaces, it just looks like one huge hazard. Uh, well, <laughs> it, we would sometimes gladly turn that same horse out in that same field, mm. wouldn't we? So with the horse galloping about it, whether it's got a ride on it or not, it's still going to have the undulations of the ground. 
and people we do see this a little bit that people can go to a show center and be an expert about surfaces and then you go and see what they have at home and think well perhaps they're not just as uh, knowledgeable as we thought mm. but but saying that i think it's good for horses to work on different grounds as well as this this uh, the well maintained there's that's one of the things, Amy, that has changed, is that we used to discuss that with our wax surfaces, they were very low maintenance. Mm. That's changed. What is an old-fashioned surface now is something that requires the older wax ones with, with no maintenance. Something that's stopping a horse and it doesn't require maintenance is too hard and too stiff. Where these days, we're making them where we're wanting the horse to travel through, stay on top of the surface, but we'll have it shearing and slide. Yeah. So we are wanting it to be a far more natural feel. It's funny how it changes over the years. What what would you say would be? Um, let's let's say we don't have a whole load of money, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we want to have a really good surface for our horse. What would you say would be the best to use if it's an outdoor arena? Because I hear I hear most of them when they build most schools when they're built they start with concrete, and then when you've got the concrete underneath, what are you supposed to put on top to make it suitable for horses? Right. Well, that sounds a very scary thought if it's an out, outdoor one. The, the the very key thing is that you've got to make sure the drainage is correct. Right. So on a traditional build, what we call a traditional build is in your field at home there or in your garden, mm-hmm. we would take off the topsoil down to the clay or the subsoil. They would put a a series of drainage uh, layers in there and drainage pipes that then go off to a, a ditch or a soakway or a pond or something like that. Then you would have a membrane. Then you would have a, a five-inch layer of clean hard stone. And it has to be hard stone. It has to be a, a limestone or a granite. Mm-hmm. Then another membrane or tarmac and then, then the surface. Um, that's the only way to do it. It's got to be... We live in England and we're, we're used to rain mm-hmm. and it's got to be a very free-draining area. We actually do have our patented system, the Equiflow system, that is it's proving to be, well, it's going out more worldwide than um, than I ever hoped it would do. Um, it's, it's a fantastic thing. It's a completely free draining layer um, that can be laid on top of normal ground. So oh, wow. uh, we, we don't need to excavate. That's helped massively also with the planning. When the planners don't want you to excavate, we can lay this straight on top of the um topsoil or the other grass and it works perfectly so do you still need the drainage underneath no because it can act as its own infiltration system so as long as we have the void under the surface that can allow the water to pass through yeah it will then go and find its own areas that's amazing how much would that cost it works out to be one or two pounds a square meter more which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. Mm. So if, you look, if you're looking at a 40 by 20 arena, 800 square metres, it could be 1,000 or 1,500 pounds more, but you get an awful lot more. And it means it's very easy to take it away if you wanted to. If you wanted to move it or you wanted to put it somewhere else, it's in kit form and you can pick it up and move it. One thing that's great for that as well for equestrian centres is that we are now able to finance it. So equestrian centres can lease it over a five-year period. That's really good. So Because it is it's expensive for riding schools. You it, know, they've got a lot it of costs. Is. It's a huge initial outlay where we've managed to do it this way, where the Equiflow Arena comes in full kit form. Um, the underwriters are happy uh, that it can be removed if needed. Hmm. And it gives the chance for equestrian centres or private individuals to pay for it over a period of time. So it's paying for itself, in effect. Yeah, absolutely. What sort of cost then, the overall cost be? Well, that's how long is a piece of string. It, we have 13 different surfaces, Amy, oh, wow. ranging from <laughs> non-waxed to waxed. 
And each site is different. We're, we're very clear that we, although we can give guide prices, yeah. um, and you would say £15,000 for a, 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 a quality surface with a very good drainage layer for 40 by 20 mm. you know, you, that would be a ballpark figure. But we do like to go and see people's sites and give them a, um, a proper estimate so it doesn't come in it anymore. Because the other thing is the BEF, they do a lot of grants. They help livery yards with, with you know, improve, making improvements on their yards and their schools and things. Yeah, and yeah. The, the first thing that I'm hearing a lot about is we need to get our school developed. We need to, we need to work on the surface. We need to yeah. make sure, because that's their income. That's how they make their money. It is. We are actually the sole supplier to the RDA as well. Um, that have 500 centers and we've come up with an extremely good package for them and worked, have worked with them. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. RDA for a long period. Oh, that's brilliant. And what we're in the process of now is evaluating all the centres that they have and working with the RDA that have funding available yeah. to be able to send it where it's needed most. Mm. So we're, we're working a lot with the BEF and British Restaurants, British Show Jumping, British Eventing, and with the RDA and with the Jockey Club. The Jockey Club are our partners in, um, in another project as well. So we, we've work very closely with all the federations from all the equestrian disciplines. So what kind of surfaces would you look for for an indoor school? Very similar in feel to an outdoor. We don't want to do anything mm. different. An indoor school is usually smaller than an outdoor school and does get a lot of traffic in the same area. You know, you drive around the, the perimeter of an indoor school a lot more. Mm. Um, so it does have to be slightly tighter. The great thing is about indoors, of course, we don't have to worry about the weather. <laughs> yeah, so that's we, true. <laughs> we, we can make a surface that we know doesn't need watering or is irrigated in different ways. Um, we have everything from wax surfaces, Amy, that uh, require no watering through to surfaces with, uh, that do require irrigation completely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge range that we have out there. Just depends what you need, I guess. It's, it's the dust issue. I've seen that a lot. Some indoor schools suffer with a lot of dust. Uh, they can do. The wax ones don't, of course. Um, the Equiflow, um, Shane Green, the top international show jumper, on his indoor school, we put our Equiflow system 
underneath it. So basically, if you, if you can picture that all these downspouts, all these roof water that would have that goes down downspouts, we store that underneath the surface in our Equiflow units, and then we water the surface from underneath. The excess of that, of course, goes off and washes its horses off. <laughs> Amazing! So you're recycling the water? We are, and the water harvesting is a massive part of Equiflow. So looking for Shane Green at Hickstead, his costs are um, washing off his horses at 100 litres of water per day per horse. Mm. He's, when he's got 70-odd horses in, it, it was a huge cost. So we had to look at ways of harvesting the water and reusing it. Now, at the, on a very diverse thing, the Royal Highland Showground that has a fantastic arena that we put in last year mm. is 106 metres by 60 metres. Wow. Now, the problem that Royal Highland Showground have is it's in Scotland, so it does rain, but they haven't got the amount of water that they need for the show at any one given time on a day. Mm. So what we're able to do is store a million litres of water underneath the surface. So not only does it irrigate the surface, it goes off and washes, uh, flushes all the toilets for 179,000 visitors. That's amazing. And you just keep it underneath? Yes, it's, so you've, you've got the surface, then a, a membrane layer, separation layer, and then you've got the Equiflow units. And all the water is stored in that Equiflow unit. So you don't need these big, ugly water buckets anymore, do we? No, not at all. And it, it's it's very green. Um, it's we're saving water, and as I've pointed out to, to numerous people, water in some countries is more expensive than oil. Mm. So we need to look after it. Uh, and at show centres, let's use the Royal Highland for an example. You know, there's an awful lot of horses there, an awful lot of cattle. Um, 179,000 visitors over three days that all visit the toilets, and there's a lot of water used. Mm. So it's been able to give them that water. Uh, when they need it and uh, obviously it keeps the surfaces in perfect condition as well. How did you end up developing all this David? I know you said you were you were riding but are you a bit like me? Have you got a geeky passion for it? <laughs> My passion is horses. Yeah. Um, I'm an owner, sponsor, husband, father and when we've spent all our hard earned on the horses we want to keep them sound. Mm. Plus it's, it's the, the benefits of the horse as well. So it's keeping horses sound is, is absolutely paramount for us here at Andrews Bowen. We want to look after horses and the welfare of the horse. So we've developed surfaces that are fantastic for competition, but also a different type of surface for use at home. Because there's, there's so much technical things that go into it. It's, it's very scientific, isn't it? It is. We've worked very closely with numerous universities. Um, we work with races at Yukon uh, and with Lars, a Swedish vet, and have developed this mechanical leg that's been testing different surfaces, the impact absorption, the energy return, the, the torque, the grip. We're looking at things constantly. And it is a science. Um, mm. we're, we're constantly looking at ways to improve performance or, get, or make the welfare of the horse better. Show centres, every time they have to have a break to do a maintenance, obviously impacts on the time that they finish, so they want to get through things. But maintenance is an important thing as well, um, which brings me on to we've just developed our own maintenance equipment and they're making them in-house because what we found on the market wasn't big enough or strong enough. Oh, really? Do you then go out and, and maintain other people's schools? We do, and um, we have numerous maintenance packages with everybody that we have done services for, mm. but, but also we're in a position to, to help other people. And we want to educate. You know, anybody can phone up and ask for advice, Andrews, but we're all horse people that work here, and we're happy to answer any questions anybody has 
on maintenance, even if it isn't one of our services. Well, that's good because some people have got, you know, got schools and they're not necessarily in the position to be able to pay for a brand new surface, even though they'd ideally love it. You know, there's something they've got to aim towards. Um, What things do we need to look out for in our school? What can we do to make it safer as it is at the moment? Well, we've got to make sure, first of all, that the the depth is uniform, Mm -hmm. that it's a consistent depth throughout. Otherwise, if you've got thin spots and deep spots, it's going to ride differently. And what we don't want is a horse tripping. We don't want a horse sometimes on the hard and sometimes on the soft. Consistency is key, and we want it to make the surface as consistent as possible. We then can add a fibre to the surface. It's going to tighten it up to give it more structure, to make the horse ride on top of the surface more than go into it. Mm. Um, and if it is a wax surface, there's the right amount of wax. If it's uh, a water surface to make sure you've got the irrigation there. What's the difference then between the like the wax and the rubber? Um, we don't use a rubber for numerous reasons. The rubber tends to, for competition, um, although it has its place, can end up moves a lot. I had a very careful horse that I was competing with and he just didn't like rubber at all because it moved too much under his foot. I almost got the feeling he felt it like marbles under his feet. Mm. And because he was very carefully, he didn't want to leave the ground. So you've got to watch what you're competing on and what you're riding on at home and look at every aspect. And sometimes it can be a surface that's upsetting a horse if it's not getting a true feel. That's interesting. Some horses don't care, though, do they? They just kind of plough through anything. But then you find they slip a lot on the corners. They do. Um, you, you very rarely see a horse trip up on its own in the field. Mm. It's turned out a lot of the, that can be down to the rider as well. You know, we've, we've always got to look at ourselves, haven't we, when we're riding yeah. and say, well, you know, am I balanced? You know, if I want my horse balanced, am I balanced as well? So we've got to look at that. But then the surfaces are key. And obviously, we're looking, working very closely with farriers as well to come up with different shoes for different competition arenas as well. Oh, there's so much that goes into it. Um, I'm also fascinated, I don't know much about the racing world, I'm fascinated to know what kind of surface you put on a gallop track. Because me, in an ignorant way, thought it was just the grass. I had no idea that you put tracks down. No, it's all weather. It's a big, big industry. And um, we've put race tracks down all over the world. Um, big public tracks in Florida to private tracks in Florida and, and all throughout Europe because the weather is the weather. In, mm. And Florida was the hardest nut to crack for us because we had extremely hot weather and extreme um, rain as well. Mm. So with a surface that could cope with heat and a lot of rain, it had to be very multifunctional. In, in the north of England, as long as it can cope with rain, it would pretty much cope with anything. <laughs> but, um, but they've got to be very free draining. Um, the racetracks in composition are different because you want the horse to work into it a little bit more otherwise it would be seen as too fast right if you uh, had a, a horse galloping over what was maintained for show jumping arena it would be nearly kicking its tummy with its shoes you know it'd be uh, yeah, it'd be far too fast for it so we have to slow them down a little bit and give them a little bit more shearing a little bit more slip so that uh, a lot kinder for them really and um, we haven't even touched on show jumping then what what would be your ideal surface for show jumping <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the horse and stuff on. Um, which, <laughs> although we're joking about that, that is a very key point. We we do have um, some horses have small feet hmm. and would like a surface with a little bit more give in it. Some horses have bigger feet and maybe not as much scope as another one and needs the firmness of the ground for kickoff. So uh, all I can say is I have numerous horses and I, 
you'd sometimes want a ground to, to suit different ones. But we have our competition surfaces that we use all around the world from Global Champions Tours, we've done the Olympics and uh, Horse of the Year show, Hickstead, I, I can keep going. Um, we have a competition mix that yeah. is, I wouldn't change. We're absolutely delighted with it. The riders are happy with it. Um, the biggest compliment I could get, Amy, from the Olympics was that pretty much all the horses went to Dublin the week after and competed. Oh, amazing. So they were all sound. They had no problems. Yeah, which is a great pat on the back and all the riders are very complimentary. Obviously, we got the right result at uh, London as well. Yeah, because it's hard then, isn't it? If each horse likes something different, it's very hard to find almost like a generic surface that can that they're all happy with. It is, but you, you'll hear a lot more of that in racing, that some horses like a softer ground, some horses act yes. better on a faster ground. Well, I think you'll find the same in all the other disciplines um, because of purely down to confirmation. Um, some will like it harder because they'll need to get more spring off it. Some will like it softer because they may have little joint tissues elsewhere. The nice thing is, is that there's a whole selection that we can look at. So we can find something that suits our budget because, you know, we're not all made money. We're not all professional competitors, but we Absolutely. all want, we've got the same ethos. We want the best for our horse. We do. Absolutely. And we, I'm sure we have, let's say within our 13 different services, we have things for all budgets and for all disciplines. Brilliant. So where are you competing next then? As we speak, my wife is in Holland. She's competing at Lear, um, a two-star show this week and then a three-star show next week. Oh. And then back to the fabulous Bowlesworth <laughs> on the 15th of June, which we're all looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, then down to Hickstead, and then we'll see where it takes us after that. But oh, nice. we we have trade stands at Bowlesworth and at Hickstead. We've done all the arenas there. There's a huge dressage event coming up at Summerford Park uh, next weekend. Oh, is so there? We're looking forward to that. Looking forward to that as well. Where's Summerford? Summerford's in Cheshire. Oh, it's okay. The Premier League, uh, the Premier League at Summerford Park. It's uh, it's a big event, and we're, we're looking forward to it. Nice. I bet that means that you don't get to see your wife much, though, if she's off competing. <laughs> it's far nicer when she's competing in England or, or if I can slip <laughs> yeah. over. Um, I, I do get a chance to go out and see her. It is our passion. I love being with the horses and watching our mm. horses compete. And, and how old are your kids? Little girl is doing her GCSEs at the moment. And then uh, we have a son that's 13. So we're at a great age, great family age for, for getting out there and, and riding. And it's nice because you get to do it as a family. And we don't hear that much either anymore. You know, it's like the, the kids either ride and the parents don't know much about it. Or the parents ride and the, the children aren't interested because their parents ride. But for you guys to go out as a family, it must be lovely. It is great. My, my son's not riding as much as he did. In fact, he's not riding at all at the moment. He did win... The um the twelve two at Scope one year, and then he, he very quickly retired after that. <laughs> but uh, but my, my daughter's very keen as well, and and who knows he may come back in to to ride again. Yeah, d well, yeah. When he sees when he gets old enough to see all the girls, that's probably when he'll get back into it. Many a true word, Amy. <laughs> what about your daughter then? What what's her favourite? Is it is it show jumping like yourself? It is. She's. If I say so, she's, she's a lovely girl and very talented. She's very kind with the horses. Um, she had the chance to compete on uh, one of my wife's international horses at Liverpool International at Christmas mm. and, and, and did very, very well. Um, and it was great to watch. A lump in my throat moment. So uh, I, I love watching them all. I'm very proud of them all. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great following them. Well, we'll keep an eye out for her then. She could be the next, you know, the next John Whitaker. <laughs> Well, I don't think there'll ever be another John Whitaker. <laughs>
John is an absolute legend and a good friend, and uh, it's great to watch John. But uh, no, we, Amy, we love being around to the family. Anyone can approach us at shows, ask yeah. us about advice on surfaces, and if we can help, we will. David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. How can we get in contact with you? What's your website address? The website is www.andrewsbowen.co.uk. We're also on Facebook. Um, Our telephone number is 01995 672103. Anyone can contact us and see what uh, if we can help them. Oh, bless you. Thank you very much. All right, David, I'll let you run. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this exclusive episode. Now that you've signed up to Horse Hour on Acast Plus, you get a whole bunch of exclusive episodes. Right now, you can listen to Heather Bennett. She's a great British paradressage rider and her story is truly inspirational. She was an international show jumper who had a horrific accident which changed the course of her career. She still remembers the accident to this day and she does talk about it in detail of how she overcame it, how she ended up moving into to dressage and now the fact that she's on the long list for Rio. It's an amazing story. I can't wait for you to hear her. Every day this week, you get to hear a new episode before everybody else. Starting with Jock Paget, the New Zealand inventor. He talks about his life growing up, what got him into cross country, why he loves it so much. And of course, his popular horse, Clifton Promise. He's retiring Clifton Promise this year. So he talks about how he feels about retiring him, the best times that they had together and the new horses that we need to be looking out for that he's going to be riding over the next year. I also speak to Lisa from the New York Film Festival. Now she talks about being in the film industry, working with horses in the film industry and training her Lusitano horses. There is so much coming up for you. I'm really, really excited. So thank you for subscribing. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at amystevenson1 and you can follow Horse Hour at Horse Hour. I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and go to horsehour.org for more equestrian advice and information. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.